Under the Pensions Act 2004, at least one third of a pension scheme's trustees should be member nominated. Now, there's no one size fits all approach to selecting member nominated trustees. While some pension funds prefer elections, others opt for a selection process. Some say there has been a trend towards selection. Last year, for example, the Royal Insurance Group Pension Scheme announced that it had switched from election to selection to ensure that candidates have the right skills. It also commented on the cost of running an election. Others maintain that an election process is fairer and that scheme members electing trustees as an independent voice from the membership's perspective. My name is Alex Janiel and to discuss MNTs, I'm joined by David Brooks, Technical Director at Consultancy Broadstone, and Stephen Fallowell, former MNT at the Royal Bank of Scotland Group Pension Fund and committee member of the Association of Member-Nominated Trustees. David, what are the differences between MNT election and selection and which method do you think is best? Well, I think it's worth clarifying what we're talking about when we're talking about methods of selection. So we're rather talking about selection by election or selection by panel. As far as the regulator sees it, they're both forms of selection. And the difference is primarily at the level of member engagement. So clearly an election will have a high level of member engagement and a selection panel will have far less. But there are some similarities between both. So both methods have a method of picking nominees from membership and then um, distilling those nominees down into into trustees to go onto the board via via election or or the panel. Um, Both methods have to be proportionate, fair and transparent, and um, both must involve some of the scheme members. So the panel itself must be made up with one person at least from the scheme membership and then other members as per the trustee board would want. Now, I prefer the panel, mainly because a lot has changed since the 90s and there's a lot riding on the trustee appointment these days and a lot more than used to be when MNTs first came in in 95. Should it really be left to the vagaries of a popular vote? A person who's particularly popular or or a rabble-rouser may get elected and may not be the best person um, for the role. And so I think a lot of trustees these days are concerned about maintaining the skill set they've already got and or adding to that skill set and and having some control over that process is, is quite important. Also, I think it's interesting to note that deferred members aren't normally part of this process. Um, some employers are concerned about ex-employees or, or whatever getting onto the board. If you can allow nom- uh, nominees to come from the deferred constituency and then have that control mechanism via the selection panel, that's really important. Actually, can improve the, uh, the, the the level of engagement from from the board. So I'm pretty pretty keen on on selection panels as the ways going forward. Not dogmatic about it. You know, election may have its place, but I think the panel is, is really quite an important tool. Sure. I mean, Stephen, you're more in favour of MNT elections. Why do you prefer this approach? Uh, yes, thanks. I'm, in fact, fully mentally in, in favour of it. Um, and there are three basic reasons. I think, first and foremost, to use a rather crude phrase, I think people who are in the pension membership industry need to have what's called a, a skin in the game. That is, they need to have a direct and personal interest in their fund. Pension funds are there for the members. I think with all the hubbub blue around pensions, all the changes, there's a tendency, I think, for the industry to forget that it is actually there for the members and not just for the pension industry. Be they deferreds or be they pensioners or be they active, they need to have a personal interest and invest a personal interest in the governance of the fund. And that is best done by elected trustees. And I think, secondly, elections are the fairest process, providing active participation by the members in the activity of the fund. Now, democratic decision-making, rather than panels, making is valued for its knowledge-producing potential and the ability to provide a diverse mix of candidates and trustees. And finally and thirdly, 
that it really is preferable to develop a wide range of views and personalities rather than producing systems that, what I would say, produce like-minded people who could turn the board into groupthink, not unlike what we used to have in the 18th century British parliaments, which were often called a committee of landlords. Sure, I do take your point, Stephen, but when it comes to filling knowledge gaps and ensuring the right balance of skills on diverse, and diversity on a board... Might selection be more effective in this case? I mean, what of the question of electing rabble-rousers to trustee boards? Well, I think there's an inherent position under all democracy Mm. that is what they call the uncertainty principle. But the uncertainty principle is an actual strength. There's no guarantee that simply because you select somebody, they will not actually in any way, as you say, rabble-rouse, or any way they might uh, be not as strong as you think they are when you actually appoint them. But the very strength of having a democratic process is the uncertainty but in doing that it does ensure that those people have an active interest in their own fund and I think that's a critical element of that. We can go and talk about um, the skills and diversity if you wish and we'll chat about that but that's the main reason for looking for an elected rather than a selective process. Sure David if schemes do opt for a selection process how can they ensure that every aspect of it is as transparent as possible? Yeah this is probably the hardest point to answer because it's easy to criticise a panel if, if it's operating in an opaque way. So I think that it needs to be clear what sort of person the, the, the board are looking for, what the skill set is they're looking for when they're looking for the, the MNT. And that's clear from the outset. So that's clear to those people that are making those nominations that the person um, they nominate is, is appropriate for, for that role as best as they can determine. And also any follow-up interviews from the panel, it's clear again to the nominee what's expected of them and what skills and commitment they will need to undertake their role. So it's all about having that clarity of communication right from the off all the way through the process so that everyone can see that what's being done is, is proper. Sure, Stephen, would you like to add anything to that? Well, I think we want to talk about knowledge and mm. we want to talk about how on ensuring you get the right balance of skills and diversity. I think one of the key issues is there's not an expectation on trustees to be experts. And in fact, I would argue probably that's a very good thing. But there's a need for trustees to have relevant knowledge, understanding, so they can challenge and they can understand what experts or advisors are giving them. But I think trustees need a broader perspective than simply looking at one particular aspect or being an expert in one particular field. And don't forget, we do have the pension toolkit. We do have guidance documents of knowledge and understanding um, together with a wide range of seminars and workshops. I mean, the MNT's AMNT does provide that, as well as notable organisations, and these are available for prospective new and, in fact, existing trustees. Training just to be managed, I understand that, but I do believe this is done and can be done by people actually who have no previous experience in pensions. I, I accept a lot of, a lot of those, uh, those points, but I do feel that a panel can, can achieve a lot of that, the accusations of, of groupthink and and not being able to to get that sort of diversity on on the board can be addressed by a panel that, especially if you have a trustee board that understands where its strengths and weaknesses already already lie and can see where the skills of any departing MNT or the vacancy that's arisen that's already on the board. And that's actually a better way of then targeting the right candidate and leaving that to a 200-word submission sent out to members who may never have met this person. I'm not sure that's the most effective way of achieving it because the things underpinning the election are still underpinning the panel appointment and you still have the, the toolkit and all the lovely advisors and all the things they know they're there too and there is a slight i do also understand a slight irony in the position that a lot of trustee boards will have mnts appointed by election that are now looking to change to selection because of the fears although the people that are there were appointed by election and are probably doing a great job anyway 
Well, I think that's fine. In terms of selection in, in, in against election, well, I accept you're just looking at a CV, but it's not dissimilar to why do you ever elect a Member of Parliament? I suspect not many people meet their Member of Parliament, but they do tend to understand their specific point of view. And I have more optimism and I believe I have more strength in the fact that two people make the right decision in the end in terms of electing a particular individual. I think it's very rare to elect necessarily what may be defined as the wrong individual, whatever that might mean. I think the problem with selection is there will be a tendency and, and it's and how much you try and avoid it, how much the board trying to provide diversity and provide a mix. Invariably, you start selecting experts. You start selecting what I would call technicians. You produce what is called an effective technocracy. Now, the issue with experts, they're very good at making the steam engine work and the keeping the steam engine on the rails. They're not so good at looking at the areas of destination, the route that should be taken, or sometimes, may I say, the well-being of the actual passengers. So I think it is better for those people who are elected, who have an inherent interest in the fund itself, and that can only be done by elected trustees. I, I can't compete with your analogies, but <laughs> um, but the, the, the comparison with the, MN, the, the, the MP is a bit of a funny one because when you're voting for an MP, they've already been selected by... The parties, there's already been a nomination process that's happened behind closed doors or amongst the membership. So maybe we're looking at this the wrong, slightly the wrong point of view, maybe. Maybe we should look at switching it so that the trustees or a panel selects nominees that are then taken out to the membership to let them have the final say. Maybe that's the, the better way around of doing it. And you can have a technocrat, you can have a, you know, someone who's great at speaking or someone who knows the members really well or something like that. Maybe we should be looking at more hybrid ways of doing it so we still manage to get some democracy in there but but also some some level of control for the board well sadly that's all we've got time for thank you david thank you stephen uh, for more on mnts please visit pensions-expert.com normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.